Hi and welcome to today's Milk Digest podcast. I'm Matt Knight and I'm going to be bringing you today's show which will focus on the challenges of mental health in the farming sector and I'll be doing this with my co-host Sarah Alderton. In today's show we'll be speaking to dairy farmer Peter Haynes from County Cork in Ireland who talks openly about his own struggles with mental health and we're also fortunate to be joined by Stephanie Barclay, who's the manager of the Farm Safety Foundation. And she highlights the triggers, the symptoms and how farmers can actually get help. Now, mental health is a massive, massive issue in farming. And in 2018, I'm sad to report the fact that 83 people took their own life, which equates to much more than one a week. Now, farmers are a resilient bunch, but they face intense pressures on a day-to-day basis, which will affect their mental well-being. Pressures such as debt, rural isolation, long working hours, emotional stress, and the inability to escape the place where they live and they work surely adds to this issue. But what people must understand is that they are not alone, and taking the first step in talking to someone about their problems, be it face-to-face or over the phone, or even over social media is a step in the right direction to getting help. So without further ado, Stephanie, can you kick off today's show by just giving us a bit of insight into how big the problem is of mental health in the farming sector? Well, if you think about it, the fact that one in four people are actually diagnosed with a mental health condition. Um, We all have mental health. Don't let's not get that wrong. But um, it's when things start to get on top of people when they start to become overwhelming. That's when it can potentially become an issue, a problem. And then that will actually is when it needs to be diagnosed and treated and supported properly. So it is very common with everybody. But the thing is, farmers face a lot of the issues that other people don't face. I mean, they have the same stressors that are out there, financial, emotional issues, However, the problem is that actually there are certain special characteristics of farming, actually, and those unique factors equally impact on how stress is experienced by them. Um, It's things like long hours, isolation, and that's the one thing actually that farmers have been very resilient about in terms of the recent um, COVID situation. They're used to working in isolation. You know, they're used to going long periods of time without seeing people. The general public aren't, and that's why it seems to be an issue more at this particular time. Farmers are under significant financial pressure. They take significant debt, you know, to purchase land and equipment so that they can farm. And then obviously where they live is also where they work, which means there's very little escape for them in terms of the workload that they have. So what in terms of because obviously, um, you know, you're the manager of the Farm Safety Foundation. I mean, what sort of calls are you fielding about mental health? Is this something that you're you're now seeing on a, a daily basis in, in your line of work? Well, the thing is, yeah, we we started talking about um, the link between farm safety and mental health as part of the training that we've done over the years. And that's why we introduced the Mind Your Head campaign uh, two years ago. We asked young farmers various statements, whether or not it was mental health is one of the biggest hidden problems faced by farmers. Last year, 82% of young farmers, which is there was a sample of 450 of them across the UK, told us that they agreed or strongly agreed with that statement but then that went to 84 percent last year 
you know, 85% of them tell us that there is a definite link between farm safety and mental health. We know that anecdotally anyway, because at the end of the day, if somebody suffers um, a life-changing or somebody that they love has a life-ending um, farm accident, that does have repercussions on your mental well-being, um, on your emotional well-being, but also conversely, leading up to that, was the fact that they weren't in the right mental headspace actually a contributing factor to them having had an accident or somebody having lost their life? We lost 32 farm workers in the UK last year as a result of farm accidents, but we lost 83 workers in agricultural or related trades as a result of suicide. You know, so it's a major issue in the industry right now. How do people understand where things start going wrong? What are the early warning signs? Okay, well, there are a lot of things that you, you know, I mean, we spend all our day asking people, are you okay? Are you okay? People don't actually realise that that's a question and they don't wait for the answer. So I think it's a case of actually deciding to be aware and start to take notice of what is going on around you, how the people are behaving. You know, there are things that you can see in people from a physical point of view, the lack of care over appearance, a sudden weight loss or sudden gain, you know, dark patches under the eyes that would sort of suggest that the person's having difficulty sleeping, you know, whether or not they're having frequent headaches. I mean, they're the physical signs. In terms of emotional signs, it could be somebody becoming very withdrawn, somebody that used to be really quite sociable, suddenly ending up giving you yes no answers and not really talking to you properly sort of loss of a sense of humor irritability aggression even tearfulness and you know an inability to concentrate or actually going out there and being louder or more exuberant something that's not particularly genuine to them but also at work making mistakes and that's a big thing and that's a dangerous thing when you're talking about farming you know missing deadlines forgetting to do something you know taking on too much work you know volunteering for every job that's done these are the types of things that you can make yourself aware of and and peter obviously you're a dairy farmer and 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 you've spoken openly about your battles with with mental health do some of the symptoms that stephanie's describing there do they resonate with you i mean what were the early warning signs that you came across yeah i think um, again, everything that stephanie says uh resonates with me and going back to when i really struggled with myself i think one of the big things was that i was working ridiculous hours at the time and also that uh I suppose I didn't have a social life. Um, that was that was a big thing, you know, because I was concentrating too much on work, not in spending enough time enjoying myself. And and what sort of symptoms did you start to see that maybe made you realise that that you had a problem? I suppose I wasn't. I was. I, I started to sleep very poorly, probably overthinking a lot of things. Um, I wasn't eating well, to be honest with you. Um, and just, I suppose, withdrawing myself from Paul at the time and also those around me and that uh, I wasn't I wasn't in particularly good form, uh, wasn't up for a laugh, um, wasn't very chatty. Uh, and I suppose the more I let it fester, the more I withdrew myself and got even less sleep. And eventually I wasn't sleeping at all. And... Uh, I suppose it, 
in saying that I was I was still still continued to work ridiculous hours at the time. Um, so the whole thing was just accumulating inside me and uh, and snowballing essentially uh, to where I hit breaking point and literally lost control of all my feelings. I mean, I, I just find myself crying for absolutely no apparent reason, like and uh, wanted to distance myself from people totally. There must have been a point when you thought there was a problem and then seeking help. Was it a long period of time? And and what was the process like in terms of going and getting help and finding it? I suppose there were, there was a point where I knew I had a serious problem, but I just didn't know how to deal with it, if you know what I mean. Um, mm. Probably felt, I, essentially, I felt like I was falling apart in that I knew I had to do something. Didn't know what I what, what what way to turn, what way to. Didn't know how I was going to change myself. I just knew I had to in some way, or I didn't know where things were going to end up for me. And I suppose you have to imagine like that. That was nearly twenty. That was twenty odd years ago, and there was a huge, huge stigma around mental health at the time, and people really didn't know where to turn to support and. I suppose Paula knew we were at crunch point in that if I didn't go and do something, where were we going to end up as a couple and and where was I going to end up essentially? And uh, she persuaded me to go to our GP and our GP is a guy that I suppose we've always had a phenomenal relationship with and uh, it was just, I was extremely lucky at the time that it was him that I went to and he knew he knew what I was dealing with, but also he knew the right course of action to take and to take quickly, and and pointed me in the direction of an extremely good counsellor. And I suppose even the first day I went to counselling, probably went really reluctantly because I didn't know what I was facing into. But the other side of it is, I knew that if I didn't go, I wasn't going to be able to help myself in some way. You kind of when when you go to counselling for the first time, it's probably the most daunting thing you're ever going to do. Uh, it certainly was for me. But having one hour speaking with Mary, it was like it was so much of a relief that the first thing that I wanted to do when I came out was go back in. You know, uh, and I think that's uh, that's probably one of the biggest messages that that anyone that is struggling with needs to understand that. It, yeah, it is so, so hard to go to face up to a challenge like that of going to see a counsellor. Don't ever underestimate. Peter, was it a one-on-one session? It was. It was a one-on-one session. And uh, I suppose um, for anyone that hasn't gone to counselling before, I mean, the first thing the counsellor needs to do is figure out you as a person and figure out what your challenges are and... Uh, and and that was that was that's why it was a one on one, and I did a lot of one on one sessions with her uh, afterwards. And eventually, um, Paula did come with me because at the end of the day we were a couple and we were married, and it was it was something we had to go overcome together. But likewise, it was probably something that Paula needed to understand how I was dealing with those the challenges and how I was going to face them and. And ultimately, we would have to tackle a share of them together as well. Peter, what did your counsellor identify as maybe some of the triggers then that that got you to where you did? Uh, I suppose we spoke about a lot of personal stuff, but I suppose one of the 
one of the big things was just getting me to understand how I could be honest with myself you know, and, and, and in some ways clear my head so that I could see, I could see small things a lot clearer rather than seeing everything as one big jumbled up mess. Yeah, I mean, this is this some days. Some days can be hard talking about personal stuff with a counselor, and and uh, but at the same time, you kind of you realize why you need to to deal with those issues and and, and talk about them so that uh, so that you can deal with them yourself. And I think that was one of the big things that the counselor taught me was how to how to figure out things in my own head uh, and realize that. I could deal with them and that essentially I wasn't crazy. Like it was, if I, if I was thinking in a certain way, there was a reason why I was doing it. But also she got me to focus on the fact that I couldn't be working a hundred hours a week, that I, you know, work wasn't the be all and end all of life. And I needed to have a, a social life and, 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 and a, um, I suppose an, an escape from the pressures of, daily work life in a way peter in, in a way it sounds like the counselor identified that there was there needed to be more time for you not just work and family there had to be like a like a box for peter as it were and i guess the more t- time and energy you put into yourself the better you are in different facets of life is that is that kind of where it went yeah definitely and uh, and I suppose even at the at the time she probably she taught me that there needed to be more time for me and Paula as well, uh, mm-hmm. and um, but but definitely taking taking time out for myself just to keep my head clear and I mean I spend a lot of time focusing on on stuff like uh, that now and even in the last couple of years like our sometimes our work schedule because we do a lot off farm as well sometimes our work schedule can be ridiculous but i know my limits now and i know when i need to take time out and 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 when we need to take a step back um and and it very much resonates back to that time where i know i can't over push myself so it sounds like you can identify when you need to relax so is there is there triggers which you can think hold on a minute i'm doing too much here and I just need to have a bit of space away from certain things. So is, the word triggers is, is the one I'm probably looking for that you need to think, hold on, take a step back and just pause and then we go again. Is there things that you can identify which could be like red flags? Yeah, definitely. And I suppose uh, even if you go back three years ago, uh, we were working on a really difficult project at the time and just within the click of a fingers, I found myself not sleeping for three or four nights in a row and I dropped a lot of weight in a couple of days and I just turned around and said to Paul, I said, I need to figure this out in my head fast and, and, and talk about it because uh, I'm going down a slippery slope here if I don't and, and we dealt with it and we dealt with it in the space, space of a week and, and worked through it and it was just probably having too much of a workload at the time, but even since that, it was probably a, a great, uh, a great reminder to me at the time because now, uh, like last year, we'd have very hectic autumn, and come the end of September, 
I just took a step back for two months. That was it. I I, I just yeah. concentrated on home life and the farm and myself and stuff. And and we didn't do anything off farm and 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 we just ended up enjoying the the, the back end of the year a, a lot more because uh, we we knew we needed to take a step back from life. Yeah, it must be a certain skill to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I suppose I've said it before. When you struggle with your mental health, uh, it's something that you don't recover from it's something that you learn to live with and you learn the coping mechanisms and i mean if you go back to everything that stephanie said at the start i mean it's it's so so important to to get good night's sleep and to eat well be honest with how you're feeling uh and, and take take time out and no matter how busy farm life is it's vital that we take time out even if you just look at like we're spring calving herds we have 90 percent of the cows in six weeks but we will take an hour or two out here midweek we might just go out for breakfast or go out for lunch but it's an hour off the farm and it's an hour to switch off and and have a chat about something other than cows calving and uh and it's probably even, I mean, we became, myself and Paula became ambassadors for the Tackle Your Feelings campaign in 2018. Uh, and that's very much a, a mental well-being campaign. And it focuses on on all those aspects of, of mental well-being. And it probably taught me a lot, too, because, you know, I, I know all those points. So as much as I'm discussing them with someone else, they'd be resonating in my own head that I need to focus on those simple things to make sure that that daily life functions functions right uh, and uh, keeping a positive frame of mind and and don't be focusing on what went wrong yesterday uh, or what what the what the pressures are going forward I can change what's in front of me now and I can work on any any problems that may crop up in the future, uh, and just learn from the mistakes that that I do make. Yeah, Peter, I um I became aware of you uh, going back in January when I went to a conference which you were speaking at. I think you were on the second day of the conference up in Glasgow, and it was really informative, really intense to listen to. And then I think you came on after lunch and the mood in the conference hall shifted completely because not that people weren't interested in the other speakers, but they were so engaged with what you had to say. I I was just amazed at how many people talked about it in the coffee break afterwards as well. I guess you're kind of a shining light for people that are suffering in the dairy industry as well. Do you find that you're getting more invitations to speak or to come and attend meetings to make this issue more aware in people? Yeah, I suppose for us, firstly, I mean, th- thanks for your kind words, Matt. And you know, it was a huge honour to to grace the stage in 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 Glasgow, and it was something that I was really honoured for CMEX and for Ben Briggs, who was chairman at the time, that they. They considered putting such a huge topic on such a great platform in a way, and, and I think having the the theme that they were going of being be extraordinary. I mean, it, it was a phenomenal team to 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 go on a stage and then have to speak about 
mental health because I suppose that look realistically, we can all be extraordinary and and uh, and a lot of what I said on 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 the day. One of the key messages for me as a person is that look, I'm not extraordinary. It's the people that I surround myself, the team that run the farm, everyone that knows me and, and makes life function. That's what helps me to be extraordinary at the end of the day. And, and I'm not being arrogant in saying, using that phrase, but I think it's something that we need to realize in life that you know, we can't take on every challenge ourselves. Uh, we need a good team around us, and that's what makes a huge difference. And and uh, yeah, it was I was asked. Unfortunately, with lockdown, uh, a few things changed this year. Uh, we were supposed to be in, speak in Belfast in May um, at a veterinary conference uh, with mental health as a topic. And I know vets really uh, vets vets face huge challenges uh, and. Given the job they have in the long hours, and uh, I suppose that a lot of the time they see animals and 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 the, that are I suppose they're struggling and they're, and they're trying to save those animals, and when it doesn't go right for them, it can't be easy to deal with. So, uh, as much as uh, mental health is a huge issue in agriculture, it's also a huge issue uh, in the veterinary sector. But uh, I suppose, like any other sector, we. Uh, we came up with different idea ways to connect with people, and uh, we've done a couple of panel discussions on Zoom, which we streamed live on Facebook, um, and uh, we found found things like that were a great way to connect with the public because with four people on a panel, we were just discussing simple things in life, but given the audience it got um it, it was definitely worth doing i think the last one got 10,000 views on uh, on facebook which is uh, is fairly good for something like that but but likewise going to speak at any event um mm-hmm. and i was i was really 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 humbled by the messages and the response that we got from the cmex conference but personally yeah. knowing that one person made huge changes to their, their their life and is in a better place now. I mean, that's that's extremely humbling. And and I know Stephanie would see it too. I mean, she does a huge amount of work in the industry, and and she loves to have connected with with people that have struggled. And when you can see someone, when you know you've made a difference to someone's life, uh, and that's ultimately it's not about being out in the public eye it's about connecting with that one person that doesn't want to be known but needs help and and if you can just point them in the right direction just by talking to them stephanie where farmers that are or vets or anyone going through issues at the moment i mean what help is available to them out there peter's talked about you know how he went to his gp and got counseling i mean what helps on offer uh, for farmers and people in yeah, the industry. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, farming is always going to have this issue. And it's something that we've noticed that when we've been out talking specifically actually to dairy farmers and um, some work I did in Somerset and Dorset last year, it almost seemed easier for them to talk about mental health than it did about physical health, which was quite strange. But it's it's there's an education piece that let, that I that Peter has done that he now knows his mental health threshold he knows what those triggers are those personal life changes or changes at work that might actually push him over the edge to trigger 
you know, the his mental health um, slipping. Um, and that's something that people should really start to look at in themselves, what they can deal with and what actually might bring them to that point where either an underlying trauma or something might push them over the edge. In terms of knowing what to do, um, it's kind of important for you to realise that, you know, there are signs and symptoms, you know, of people that have poor mental health. It has to be diagnosed and that's it. Contacting your GP because it is actually um, a clinical diagnosis that is required to it you know um and it's not just a case of you know looking after yourself taking a break you know when it gets to the stage where you have sort of two weeks or so with prolonged symptoms like continuous low mood or just a sadness that doesn't go away or not getting any enjoyment out of life from things that would have brought you joy in the past lack of energy prolonged tiredness you know there are several things like loss of confidence being guilt-ridden you know difficulty concentrating moving and speaking if you're going through these things, you know, almost every day for more of those symptoms means that you probably will have mild depression. It's something that can be helped with. However, the issue is, and I'm sure Peter will agree with me here, that when you contact your GP, that's one thing. And GPs have a tendency to try and uh, put a bandaid over it by passing you on to some sort of medication rather than, you know, other alternative therapies that you may want to look at if you're going to be referred to a counsellor be aware that actually you're probably going to have to wait eight nine weeks you know possibly a couple of months before you get a specialist appointment and also given the current situation with covid that's probably not going to be a face-to-face appointment either so there are fantastic rural support groups out there there are 26 of them in the uk um and we know that they have people that can actually hold your hand throughout that process so organizations under farming help which um cover the farming community network um the royal agricultural benevolent institution in scotland it's rsabi in northern ireland it's rural support um and they're supported by people like the prince's countryside fund in terms of helplines um support services advice they're very good they can be contacted on an 03000 111999. So if you think about it, the non emergency NHS number is 111. The emergency NHS number is 999. But 03000 111999 will get you through to farming help. And by even if you're phoning on behalf of somebody else, you know, to get your guidance, how to help them, you can do that as well. They'll be able to let you know who are the best people that can help you. There are also fantastic organizations in your local area like, you know, the Cheshire Agricultural Chaplaincy or Yana in uh, three counties in and around Worcester and Norfolk. You know, there are lots of availability for that. I mean, we have the information on the website. If you look up Rural Support Directory, Yellow Wellies, it'll take you through to that book. We also have a wee book called um, The Little Book of Minding Your Head, which is written specifically for farmers. And it's written in a really simple, plain language that farmers can understand that me actually outlines it's not just about depression there are other um, mental ill health conditions that people need to be aware of bulimia anorexia that are prevalent in the industry as well you know OCD is not somebody that just wants to put their towels in the right order you know that is actually um, a mental 
uh, health condition that does need to be treated with respect and there are certain things that you can do to support people with that. So, and also really importantly, and and I think it's very important for people to really understand that if somebody does start to voice things like suicidal um, thoughts to you, and I'm talking current suicidal thoughts, not ones that maybe they had two months ago, but if they do that, how do you help them? What is the best way for you to support them through that? Because that's an emergency situation. It's an emergency medical situation and it's a 999 call. And things like confidentiality do not actually apply when it comes to somebody who's talking about harming themselves or ending their own life. So that information is on the little book of Minding Your Head, which if anybody, if you Google it, you'll find it. Um, so... It's very important that people just make themselves aware so that they can actually start to support others and confidently signpost them, whether or not it's to the the GP or whether it's to a mentor for the farming community network or something like that. But these people have come from agricultural backgrounds, so they know what they're talking about. They appreciate the fact that you are actually in an industry that has its own unique set set of stressors that are things that could trigger oncoming event of mental health conditions and so yeah it's very important and also there's the Samaritans I mean Samaritans are there to listen if somebody just needs somebody to listen to them they're there they have a new campaign I think that's launching in the next couple of weeks about real people real stories and it's to support people specifically as well in rural areas through um the hard times because you know sometimes you can deal with it sometimes you can't but when you can't when you're struggling you know there's no stigma to asking for support you know and that's what we need to start looking at and start accepting that we will help our livestock we will look after our machinery and we will protect and cultivate our land we need we're no good without us you know we're the the one thing that's the most important thing so we need to start looking after ourselves do you think there still um, is that stigma surrounding mental health or do you think barriers are starting to be broken down in, in farming? Do you know what? Um, there is that stigma, but that stigma is self-imposed on a lot of occasions. It's not societal stigma because we've had royals talking about struggles with mental ill health. We've had celebrities. We've had lots of people from various walks of life, you know, talking about the fact that, you know what, it's okay not to be okay and all of those lovely phrases that people are using um, to continue conversations but the thing is you there's an inherent sense of pride that and in farming there are other issues as well that we know and we've been told by our research I mean we've been told that 86 percent of young farmers say that by talking about it will help to remove the stigma but also they've told us that they're scared of getting things like their their gun license taken away from them they're scared of losing their tenancy they're scared of if everybody knows that they're struggling with mental health that they won't be they won't um they will have less opportunity to get financial backing from the you know their their bank and things like that and these are things that aren't necessarily the case so uh, you know it's it's one of those things we just need to continue talking about continue to challenge people that do have these issues and to show that fantastic people like, like Peter and Team Hines there who, you know, he's got a fantastic team of, you know, Paula and the kids and everything working away to support him and support each other through this because although farmers 
in this in the current situation that we're in haven't been struggling at the moment with the rural isolation because let's face it farmers do are used to that on a day-to-day basis they're working on their own you know the calls to those support lines have not increased but they will increase when those sources and circles of community aren't there the mart's not there the show season isn't happening you know when that person that they can talk to they can't go to the pub to have a chat with somebody when those things aren't there for them that's when they'll start to struggle when they've They've gone through farm, the lambing, calving, drilling. They're in harvesting now. Where is their outlet? And that's what Peter has been great at actually understanding and building his own resilience because he knows he needs to take a break. But for far- farmers that haven't got, maybe they might be the only worker on on their farm. How easy is that to say, okay, I want to take a break away. I need I need that hour or just time out from the farm. Like, how do they how do they actually go about doing that? This is the type of thing that, you know, if somebody has that issue, they can pick up the phone to phone something like FCN and the Farming Community Network can link in with the other organisations to help in terms of practical advice and support, looking for people in the area that can possibly help them to allow them to get that break, you know, and that's when those communities are there being members of your local farmers union as well is so important because those are the sources of support that basically understand and appreciate what you're going through you know and they do this one thing that we that farmers do well they support each other you know so for whatever reason if somebody needs a break and they ask for that help you know there are ways for them to get it either by phoning the helpline or by contacting their local branch of the of the union or Speaking out on farmers' forum, there. If they want to do it face to face, it's harder now, obviously. But you know, there are online communities as well that can help out. Stephanie, do you think, as an industry, we're getting better at talking about this? Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, when we st- honestly, when we started talking about delivering this campaign. Basically, it was about mental health awareness more so than driving changes in behaviours and attitudes. We were basically told, you know, no, don't be doing that. Don't be talking about that because that'll put people off coming into the industry. Mm-hmm. But I think now that we have started talking about it because we do know that there is actually a link between farm safety and mental well-being that people are now basically saying, actually, yeah, we get that. And they are they do deserve equal airtime. They need to be talked about in connection with each other. We find it's easier with the younger farmers that we're training at colleges and through the Young Farmers Club network because it there does there isn't that an innate sense of traditional conservatism that farmers have. You know, they just get on with it. This is what we do. I mean, but the thing is, farmers have been bashed for far too long now. You know, but the one possible good thing that's coming out of this um, is that they're now being seen as key workers. They are frontline workers putting food on our plates and there's a newfound respect for farmers and actually for the farming industry mm-hmm. that wasn't there for quite a while. So it's quite it's it's nice to have that. But it's how long that lasts, we don't know. But, you know, we're happy that it do, it's happening at the moment because it's given them that little bit of a boost. Mm. Yeah, Stephanie, when you were just talking about going to see your GP and mm. um, you couldn't get an appointment for maybe eight to nine weeks presumably you can go private and get it quicker if it's you know an absolute emergency 
Yes, yes, of right. course. I mean, if it's an absolute emergency, it should be treated as an absolute emergency yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. But if it, if it is something that you're waiting for an NHS referral, that's one thing. The other one is, as you said, you can go private to do mm-hmm. it. Um, and, you know, it, it would be money well spent to, yeah. to keep you well, you know, mentally and physically. But the thing is, the, the good thing is there are a lot of those rural support groups that will hold your hand, that will be at the end of a phone, you know, if you need it throughout mm-hmm. that time while you're waiting to see the professional as such you know um and also and peter you'll probably agree with me here in terms of um support on social media that can be very powerful as well people sharing their experiences and you know real and then you realizing that you're not on your own in it you know that other people have gone through something similar to you and they can offer their experiences that can possibly help you realize that there's a way out of it as well yeah i think social media can be a huge help and uh, i know uh, an organization um, had criticized me a few months ago on a radio station for uh, for having my dms open the whole time and the whole reason my dms are open is because if someone wants to contact me and is struggling that they can dm me whether they whether i'm following them or not but uh I mean, it's, I've been humbled over the over the, the last few years about the people that have contacted us and found my mo- mobile number. I have no idea how they got my number, but uh, they're more than welcome to us if they just needed a chat. But I think the one thing I wanted to pick up on, Stephanie, was what you were saying there a few minutes ago about stigma. I mean, for anyone that is listening, I... I agree a hundred percent with you, Stephanie. Like there is so much support out there in so many great organisations across the UK and uh, and also in Ireland. But also as the as a broader industry, for me as an ordinary farmer, I I don't I don't run an organisation. I can ring virtually any agricultural company going, and they want. They understand, but more importantly, they want to help with uh, around the area of mental health and break down the stigma. And uh, we've just been humbled by the the companies that have jumped on board in the last uh, two years. But I suppose likewise for a farmer that might be walking alone and struggling, if you if you do need help, if you're if you're struggling financially or struggling with animal health issues on the farm or whatever, wherever the pressure may be coming from, should I even say droughts? I mean, I know you guys were uh, had a had a drought there for a few months, and likewise in parts of Ireland at the moment we have one. But if you ring, you know, if it's financially, if you just ring up your your agricultural advisor in the bank and say, look. I'm struggling here at the moment and I need a little bit of help to, to figure things out. They are very, very understanding. Likewise, with nutritionists or um, or, or any company that, that you work with, if you if you ring up and you just say, look, there's something that's putting a lot of pressure on me here on the farm and I can't figure it out and I need help to deal with it, they're just... They're only too delighted to help because they understand the pressures that we as farmers are facing and and so many of those companies are engaging their staff in mental health training now that they they know how to help and and, and they just want to 
That's great. Probably just to to round it up then for anyone listening, if you could just give, you know, sum up in in a in a line what should they do if they if they think they're they're suffering uh with mental health, what would be the one thing that you would say do it? The hardest thing I've ever done, but also the best thing I've ever done is go and talk to somebody because it changed my life. Yeah. And Stephanie, how about you? What would be the the one bit of advice? Yeah, find a way that you're a way to communicate that you're comfortable with. So that could be speaking to somebody that's close to you. If it's not, it could be somebody that, as Peter said, you know, the organizations that are out there that you are dealing with on a day-to-day basis are a lot more understanding than you give them credit for. It could be online, it could be over the phone anonymously, you know, but if you say it once anonymously, you've said it out loud, you know, and yeah. um, also start to manage your your stress levels as well. I mean, I do a lot of sort of mindfulness and meditation and things like that. You know, there's apps out there that can help you in terms of understanding, you know, and really calming your mind down. Things like Butterfly, which are free to download. They're so good and actually when you start to get feeling really anxious and you know things could very easily tip over because our minds are pre-programmed to accept and understand negativity more so than positivity but you can control your thoughts and you can control your actions but it's basically a case of actually understanding yourself what you're capable of understanding what you can control and what you can't control and if you can't control it park it you know why are you worrying about something that is not in your control you can't control your thoughts you can control your actions and how your mind starts to catastrophize things and suddenly something that is quite small becomes huge overwhelming and out of control but and but they're also find out about the the support organizations that are available specifically for farmers you know, in in terms of finance, you know, if you need help in terms of debt restructure and stuff like that, the RABI are amazing at that. They also provide grants and things like that. So depending on whether it's a financial issue, an emotional issue, a marriage breakdown or a relationship issue, there are people out there that know what you're going through that are kind that want to help. Just It's just up to you. You just need to ask for it. Mm. It's, it sounds from what uh what everyone's been talking about today is there is an abundance of help out there you've just got to go find the right one for you and go and seek help exactly and they're not in competition with each other everybody wants the same thing so if they're not the right people to deal with you they will know the right people and that's the important thing yeah and i guess as an industry we we've got to keep talking about this we've got to talk about the unknowns where people are afraid to um seek help because they might lose a gun license or etc we've got to address all these problems as an industry so guess we've just got to keep talking and help each other out as much as possible haven't we yeah and that's what we're good at doing as an industry so let's keep mm. it up they are wonderful people uh in those support networks i was lucky enough to meet on a few occasions last year uh, a lot of the support networks in the uk and they are phenomenal people they are lo- wonderful people to chat to and they make such a difference they're there to help peter you're the ambassador of um tackle your feelings that's got an app as well hasn't it if i remember yeah they have uh an app actually that's uh is probably one of the the 
the most successful apps going. It's uh, been downloaded in so many countries globally. Uh, I think it it helps you to control your life and and, and figure out uh, where where things may be causing you issues. But ultimately, it all boils down to how you how you manage your mental well being. Uh, uh, like St- Stephanie uh, Stephanie meditates, uh, etc. I don't do that. Date date night for me is my control, and, and people laugh at that on social media. But it it's getting out, getting into a different environment, and and just having a good chat, uh, and and something that we mightn't have discussed, but was was an issue. We get time away from the world to chat about it and switch off. And uh, it's I suppose the only the only other release I have like that is. I get up on my kayak and I get out in the sea and I can just clear my head and uh, kind of get outside the world for a small bit. So I think for anyone that that needs a relief release, it's it's about kind of finding out what works for you uh, and finding out where that getaway point is for you, what you enjoy and what helps you clear your mind and, and focus on things clearly. Yeah, there are certain things that, you know, that do help in terms of sort of building resilience and tackling that and and actually Peter's highlighted them first one is stay connected and that's through his date night with Paula you know it's getting active it's the kayaking it's taking notice uh, of everything around you it's also learning and continuing to learn new things and then the final one is giving and that's what Peter's doing Peter's helping people he's giving back and that's the they're the five things that can help you to build resilience and actually help you find your way through it and it's really it's important you know to find your own thing within that that works for you well that concludes today's show and I hope you enjoyed it but more importantly I hope you found it useful if there's one thing that we can take away from today's show is that there is an array of help out there for you if you need it So while you may feel like you're suffering and you're in isolation and there's no one to talk to, please, please know that there is always someone out there at the end of the phone, online or even face to face to talk your problems through. And I think it's important just to highlight the telephone number of the Farm Community Network that Stephanie talked about as well. So that's the FCN and you can reach them to talk to someone about your mental health and that's on 03000. 111-999-03000-111-999. Please don't suffer in silence and remember it's okay not to be okay and help is out there. You may have seen on social media the Milk Your Moments campaign which is actually supporting the mental health charity Mind and you can support it by visiting its website which is www.milkyourmoments.co.uk And every new visitor to the campaign website that taps on the screen to get an inspiring moment, the campaign will donate £1 to the charity Mind. So well worth doing. Lastly, there are uh, a few more podcasts that the RABDF have done. So just visit our website, which is www.rabdf.co.uk. Click on the Milk Digest tab and you should see some options for other episodes. Alternatively, you could uh, search on your favourite podcast provider and find um, these other podcasts as well. One more thing, if you are interested in what RABDF do and appreciate the work that we do, please sign up as a member. We do need your support. Um, All details are on the website and we'll be happy to keep you informed on our activity. So that concludes today. 
I think just the final thing from me is don't suffer in silence. There's always someone out there to help you. So stay safe. Thank you. Thank you.